0: Welcome to Digest & Invest, the podcast from E. Toro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast
1: hello everyone and welcome back for another episode of the digest and invest podcast i'm josh gilbert and today i'm joined by our global market strategist ben lader ben how are you today
0: yeah great honored to be uh, invited back thank you very much
1: uh, always a pleasure always a pleasure Here, mr sam north is uh, is uh is prior engage should we say um and i'd also like to apologize to our listeners last week i had a few issues with my microphone and you might have listened uh, to that, so I do apologise, we're we we're back up and running this week. Um, we'll get stuck straight into markets, and I think it's fair to say, Ben, it's been a, a pretty crazy couple of weeks, um, and most will probably say that it's good to see September behind us. Maybe not me, it's my birthday month, so there we go, but market-wise, absolutely happy to see that behind us. Um, and you know, happy to see it because it's been an absolutely flying start to October. We've kicked off Q4 on you know very positive note. The S and P 500 is up four percent already in Q4. We will take that and run with it. Um, so on the podcast today, we want to talk about Tesla. Um, they've obviously struggled on Monday where they finished 8% lower um, when pretty much everything else was up. Uh, we can also then talk about the upcoming non-farm payrolls on Friday, as that's obviously going to be uh, a big number to watch following that JOLTS report we've had uh, earlier this week. And then we're also going to take a quick look into the commodities market. Uh, we've had a lot of conversation around oil, OPEC in the last week or so. How does that sound, Ben?
0: Yeah, great. I mean, you... Uh, I. you say, I was looking at the numbers this morning. I think this has been the third best start to October um, for the S and P 500 ever. So, admittedly, we're only a few days in, right? So, let's not let's not get too carried away. But um, you know, better to be up five percent than, than than down five percent. And I think just a reminder that um, you know, October seasonality is generally pretty good uh, and is much better than September. Um, you know, September is normally the worst month of the year, and certainly lived up to the billing. Um, you know, this year. So, again. You know, for those that believe in the seasonality, um, you know, we have uh, we, we have the wind to our backs at this point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's we're, g- we're going to have to believe in seasonality because we spoke about seasonality on the podcast um a little bit earlier on um you know in the year. I think it was actually just before the start of September where we'd actually said that September is the worst month. Um and then we sort of tried to have that half that glass half full sort of attitude and it just yeah hasn't gone to plan. So we're going to yeah, take October it, but... um and uh, and it's usually much better than September. We're going to run with that. Um however, Tesla um, has not had such a great start to to October. Um, and that was the sort of the surprise on Monday. Um, it was down 8% and it comes after Q3 delivery numbers were um, in, in below market expectations. Um, so Elon Musk and, and his team delivered 343,000 vehicles uh, and that was against the 364,000 that the street expected. Um, and this was due to sort of Tesla citing delivery challenges. Um, so it was ultimately vehicles um to transport um the the, the 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 teslas um to their destinations uh, and ultimately they said that it become increasingly challenging in their sort of note um, so i think what's probably clear here is that tesla's has got a few challenges um on top of obviously some soft spots in china Um, But the street didn't seem to sort of buy that reasoning from the press release. Um, And I think the biggest question now is over sort of demand issues, which is is likely to linger until we probably hear from Musk and and his team on the earnings call uh, in the next uh, few weeks. I think earnings come through sort of middle of October. Um, And for the most part, over the last three years, Tesla has sold more vehicles in a quarter uh, than it can produce. And and that's changed this quarter now with 22,000 vehicles. Uh, in inventory that weren't delivered. So again, that that's not what investors will want to hear, but as I say this could simply just be a logistical speed bump given those sort of issues that we've seen this year and ultimately Tesla has been one of those names that has managed to um, you know ultimately move around these supply chain issues that we've seen. Um, but I guess for context as well, the the delivery numbers that they, they sort of delivered about a hundred thousand more vehicles from the same period last year which, as I say, is is pretty impressive still, given these sort of global lockdowns, the China lockdowns, which has obviously shut down that Shanghai gigafactory, then obviously supply chain issues as well, as we say, just to sort of name a few there. Um, I think it's also important to note as well that obviously EV adoption is soaring, but we've got to talk about as well Tesla's sort of in price increases as well you know how far can tesla push that without demand suffering you know musk himself has already sort of said that tesla prices have got to embarrassing levels um and that demand falls off a cliff when prices are rising as well and then to top all of this off for tesla shareholders as i say, it's not necessarily uh a lot of positivity for for those shareholders at the moment. But we've obviously had the, the Twitter deal as well that's likely to unnerve some investors as well. So in Tuesday's uh, session in the U.S. market, Tesla shares fell another sort of 4% intraday yesterday um, on the news. And that, that comes from the worry for investors um, that his focus is now going to be moving away from Tesla uh, at a time when he should sort of be... You know, laser focus ultimately on, on tesla um given those questions over demand um, the supply issues and it also means that he's probably likely now as well to to sell down more tesla stock in in order to finance the deal as well so look not a lot of positivity there um but as we say hopefully just a blip in the road and, and we'll obviously get some more insight from the from uh q3 earnings when that comes out um in sort of the middle of of october yeah
0: it's just it's bonkers what's going on around tesla right i mean it's you know, what Musk is up to, what Tesla's up to, you know, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, one thing I would just sort of flag is, is China, obviously, mm. hugely important, you know, for them. Um, and also, obviously, the world's biggest electric vehicle market. Um, so October the 16th, you have the Communist Party Congress, um, which only happens every five years. And is basically the sort of key policymaking um, event of the five years. And, and we're really hoping that we get some more sort of pro-growth policies sort of out of that meeting, which helps sort of kickstart uh, the economy and and really underpin this sort of EV adoption story. So, you know, I would watch that a lot, not only for electric vehicles, but for Tesla, and, and frankly, for the whole sort of global economy, that's a, it's a really big deal in coming up in you know, 10 days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully Elon Musk can then maybe stay out of the news for for a little bit longer than usual. <laughs> Good luck with um, that. Well, I, 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 did, I did read today that he, maybe if he does buy Twitter, he may come off the platform. So who knows? Um, that will not be very interesting. Anyway, moving on, um, I think probably it's fair to say that the main event for this week will probably be the non-farm payrolls out of the US. Um, as, as you said sort of earlier, especially coming after that jolts reading that sort of surprised the market yesterday so ben what are you looking for and what will the fed be focusing on and is it a good thing that we don't have a rate decision meeting uh this month uh
0: so we have monthly u.s jobs report on friday Uh, This is a key, key indicator, right, both for the health of the US economy, but also crucially for these sort of underlying wage pressures that the Fed is worrying about and that's helping keep inflation high. Um, You know, all the other sort of lead indicators of inflation are already falling, right? So if we look at commodity prices, we look at housing prices, we look at supply chains, we look at uh, PMIs, you know, the labour market is really the one big missing link. Um, so, so what we want to see, and we want to sort of thread this needle of, we want to see a job slowdown, which is going to help cool these sort of 5% wage uh, rises and this sort of record low 3.7% unemployment number that we have. Um, but we don't want it to cool too much, right, because we're already worrying about sort of recession. So, um, you know, just to put some numbers on this, um, you know, the US labor market has basically spent the last six months averaging... About you know over 300,000 new jobs a month. Um, I think we're hoping that that's going to sort of reset lower to sort of between two to 300,000. So that's that sort of Goldilocks number, right? So it's enough to sort of cool these inflation fears, but you know not too low that we all sort of freak out about um, uh, about recession. So that's what we're um, watching for. And again, you know, it's the key, you know, sort of big missing link of this inflation cool down story, and therefore by implication, you know how close are we to the fed stopping hiking interest rates and you know it's those hopes that have really sort of juiced the market in the last um, you know in the last few days
1: yeah absolutely um and and look i think what's obviously important to note as well is that you know we we got to think about the, you know the fed in that situation as well um you know and what to expect from them as we move forward um obviously we had the rba it was interesting i was looking at twitter today um, and it was it was a lot of conversation around uh, we wonder how many market commentators now understand what the RBA means for the first time. Um, seems there's a lot of discussion. I, I was watching Bloomberg today and I've never heard the RBA mentioned so many times, um, but obviously they were the first sort of bank central bank to sort of turn dovish um in that sense as well they've sort of been teasing it for a while um ultimately compared to sort of the rest of the world the australians households are probably some of the most indebted in the world um so they're probably unlikely to obviously raise rates as aggressively as as some other regions and then i guess to to sort of tie everything in here when when we're sort of talking about you know rates jobs a big sort of you know, market that we've got to think about and all of this is obviously commodities. um, And the big one is obviously oil in regards to sort of inflation as well. And that's going to be the last subject of today. Um, Depending on when you're listening to this, we do have an OPEC meeting up and coming. Um, And the talk is that OPEC is set to cut output, which has sent prices soaring in the last few days. So what are we looking for there, Ben? You know, and, and also how are you sort of viewing maybe the broader commodity space? do we think it's maybe a good opportunity or is, are we just sort of best to sort of maybe left alone for the time being?
0: Right. It's been a real roller coaster year for, for commodities, right? I mean, um, they're 15% off their June highs uh, as we sort of worried more about sort of recession. Uh, we've had this cool down in uh, China demand, which is the biggest commodity buyer, you know, in the world. That's all sort of taken its toll. But, you know, it's still the only asset class that's up significantly this year. And the sort of recent rebound that we've seen has, has been driven by two things. Um, you know, we've had five down days for the US dollar um, and that makes, you know, help makes commodities cheaper for many to, to, to buy. And uh, as you say, we have the outlook for, you know, a big OPEC supply cut, uh, um you know, tomorrow or, you know, Thursday is, is, is when the decision is gonna get made. And I think this is just a reminder that, you know, it's not only about demand, the supply side is very tight right we've had a decade of underinvestment in commodities and this will help keep prices i think at above average levels even if demand keeps um, you know remains under pressure so for oil, um you know yes it looks like we're going to get something like a million barrel cut from opec which is about one percent of global supply which is pretty meaningful uh, but also um there's a lot else going on, right the u s has been selling a lot of oil from its u s from its strategic petroleum reserve. That's nearly done. Uh, we've got a European embargo on Russian oil, uh, which is due to come on uh, at the beginning of November. You know, global drilling activity is still only half of previous peak levels. so there's really just not any more oil being found and 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 sort of pumped. Um, so put all that together, and I think this is a regime of sort of high for longer commodities, you know maybe not higher but let's not forget these are very good prices. Um, And, you know, I think you can also lower the risk by looking at the commodity equities, maybe more than the physical commodities. I mean, oil equities are the cheapest in the market. Uh, And, um, you know, remember that, you know, if they're selling at $80, $90 a barrel, that's about four to five times what it costs them to actually pump this stuff out of the ground. The Mm -hmm. point being, you know, they're still making huge cash flows able to pay huge dividends. Um, so I, I think I, you know, this regime of high for longer commodities is, is, is a good one. And I also think, you know, commodities remains a decent hedge on, you know, um, inflation just sort of staying high for longer as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, obviously, that's the sort of commodities, you know, outlook in in, in that sense. Um, I'll I'll put you on the spot a little bit here, Ben. Just a very quick question, just to sort of wrap us up. I'll just throw you on the spot a little bit. Um, obviously, we we spoke at the start about you know the the start of the month that we've had, obviously being in in Q four. Um, We've already had a bit of a um, a bear market rally, if you like, already a lot of optimism. Then we've also struggled and now pulled back below a new low for, for the S&P 500. And then, as we said, start of Q4, S&P 500 is up four percent, as you would said, third best start to October in history for the S&P 500. What what do we what do we say to investors right now? Tell do we tell them not to get too carried away? You know what's the thinking here with this sort of you know rally? Did we just fall too far and it was a little bit of relief? What what are you thinking about the market right now? Just a uh, just a broader view of your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I think we're building a bottom um, fundamentally, right? I mean, we basically went we went through our previous slide a little bit, but basically I think we're sort of building a bottom here, right? We're waiting for inflation to come down. We're waiting mm-hmm. for the Fed to signal that. Um, you know that it's it's almost done. Uh, we're waiting for bond yields to come down, uh, and we're waiting, therefore, for those recession risks to sort of ease a little bit. So you know, I think this is sort of a U-shaped recovery. I think we're going to you know bouncing around, um, but you know, the fact that we've seen the bottom, the fact that um, you know again we you know inflation's beginning to come down, the fact that we're beginning to get visibility on the Fed, um, you know, when they're going to stop hiking, I think makes this you know a very investable market. Just don't expect the next bull market to start. Um, you know, to start tomorrow, right? I think that will need the Fed to actually start cutting interest rates. But obviously before we get there, they have got to start hiking in the first place, right? So this is just a big step in the right direction. Um, I think we've seen the lows. I think this is an investable market. I think you should be fully invested, right? You remember your sort of bull markets are four times bigger, four times longer than your bear markets. And with us down 25%, with valuations having come down a lot, with sentiment having collapsed, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think, um, I think the bigger risk is being out of the market not in the market uh, uh, you know at this point
1: yeah absolutely well look ben thank you very much for for that view there and it's good to sort of cover a very broad range of markets and as usual everything that's sort of happening uh in the markets um we'll leave it there for today but if you want more on the markets, you can head over to etoro's academy page where you'll find guides videos webinars podcasts Everything you need on the market. Uh, but Ben, thank you as usual for cho- joining us.
0: Yeah, thanks everyone. Anytime, uh, trade safe.
1: Thank you. Uh, and everyone, enjoy the rest of your week and see you all next week. Take care.
0: You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit etoro.com.